developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. All right, so like I said, the real the real union is the friends we made along the way. And we learn a lot about ourselves. We Sometimes we learn that the Ivy League actually does have a conference tournament. And has since 2017. And has for the last seven years. It got canceled twice. All right, so maybe I'm living in 2017. Maybe I'm living in the past. Who knows? But one of the people who knows all the information... That is useless and useful. Jacob Bigelow of Huskers Illustrated of the Stretch Big Pod joins us now on the 42 Degrees of Source Hotline. Hi, Jacob. That'll be the tagline on my next resume. Useless but useful. Use- Jacob Bigelow. Useless. useless but useful. Yeah, so <laughs> you got you got some takes on this uh this D three conference that Dartmouth played in the uh in the in the non con this year? No, I mean I just know that the Northeast is the heart of D three basketball. <laughs> I had some good uh, some good friends on the Wesleyan uh, team that won a D three national championship. Even considered going on the ultimate sicko road trip to the D three Final Four. Where's that? That is uh, in Richmond, I believe. <laughs> At least it was that year. Was where the D three Final Four was. So I knew. I knew far too much about uh, you know some random random schools throughout the D three landscape back when uh, Wesleyan was on their little run and um, yeah the Northeast is the heart of it people like to for, people like to forget that St Thomas was just in D three a true. couple years ago that's and true but they were like the powerhouse they were like the Yankees it wasn't fair mm. for them to be in D three that's literally what they ruled why they had to move the Division one. No, yeah, that's that's a fair point. But yeah, no, there was. I mean, there's a uh, yeah, the hot, the heart, the hotbed of D three hoops is the Northeast. Yeah, for sure. I'm uh, I'm currently are. looking at uh, some pictures of the facilities and some of the athletes who play at the University of Maine at Presque Isle. Um, some good looking athletes here. Also, some athletes who would probably, you know. Be going pro in something other than sports. Definitely, uh, but may also take that entire team and play a really good intramural team at like Nebraska or Creighton and and have their hands full. <laughs> that's uh, that's D three basketball for you, man. D three cool. Final Four in Fort Wayne this year, guys. Oh, any interest? Oh, uh, March not particularly. I March fourteenth through sixteenth. Yeah, I was gonna say I believe the D three Final Four always lines up with the first weekend of the the big dance. So I I think I will oh. be able to make it to Fort Wayne. Oh man, <laughs> they might want to uh, they might want to change the dates up on that. <laughs> you know, everybody kind of gets out of the way of the Super Bowl. Maybe you should get out of the way of March Madness if you're the D three Final Four. Yeah, no, and then all I yeah all I remember about when Wesleyan won it was that all the first weekend games were going on on. CBS, True TV, all those, and then the D three national championship game was on CBS Sports Network. Gotta love um, it. <laughs> that's, that's all I remember about about that run. But 
enough about D three for okay. one day. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Okay, so you mentioned it. You might have to uh, you might have to be available for the first week of the NCAA tournament. But could you imagine? I think Nebraska would have got probably a buy into the Sweet 16 had Kansas State been elevated from a quad two to a quad one last night. That That's what I'm looking at. I think the net is out to get Nebraska. People have so much PTSD from 2017-18, and it has turned into quite some, you know, it, it has gone a, 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 a smidge too far, may I say. And as someone who was a part of that team and had to help plan a selection show watch party. I was there. That team was not selected. Um, I can tell, I can tell you um, it's, it's, it's different. It's different this year. Um, the, you know, they're the, that team had one, I believe one quad one win and one quad two, not, not one, but it was no more than like three quad two wins. If I remember correctly, if, if you're going off um, of Ken Palm, which I'm looking at their 18 page right now, so they had the Michigan win, who was who was seven, um, and I think these these moves. So this is basically what it was at the end of the year. So it's not accurate um, at the start of the tournament, but it is for at the end of the year. It gives you a general ballpark idea. They had the Michigan win. They had a top 40 win against Maryland at home, which doesn't count. It's got to be top. 30 right in order for a home game to be a net you know a quad one um and then they beat wisconsin on the road which is a top 75 which gets you there and that looks like it's it based off of what i'm looking at on the first blush uh penn state to finish out the regular season um was a pretty good win as well and then that one win against michigan got erased because they played it back in the Big Ten tournament and they got drilled on a neutral court and it just took all the luster out of it. Their re- their resume is already like three times better than that. Yes, it is. No, I, I completely agree. Um, I had a front row seat to all of those games and uh, in 2017-18. But, yeah, this team is already uh, quite a bit ahead of uh, where that team was in terms of resume. Uh, the Big Ten is not going to be just a four-bid league this year. Um, there, yep. there are plenty of things working in this team's favor that the 2017-18 team did not. Well, and, and, and I think, like, resume, you could definitely check that box, as as you just mentioned and as we've, we'll, we'll talk about plenty. But I think where people get a little bit weary about it is – like you, you remember those teams, and you put them up against each other, and it was like, oh yeah, James Palmer and Glenn Watson and and Copeland and and Roby, like that was a really good basketball team, and they just didn't have the resume. I, I I thought that was a good basketball team. They just didn't have the resume to show it. I think if they would have went to the NCAA tournament, they could have potentially made some noise there. Who knows what happens? And then you match that up against this year, and you're like, yeah, I think this team is okay, but. You know, maybe who knows what they're going to end up being, but their resume is better. I think we match them up like eye test wise, and people are like, yeah, it's probably pretty comparable. But the resume for this year kind of blows that year out of the water. Yeah, and I, I would agree on both parts. I've already, you know, plenty of people have asked me who wins, this team or that team? And I, you know, it's just like, 
Yeah, a lot of eye test talk, but I mean all the the, the yeah. Who do you think wins? Man. Who do you think wins eighteen or this year? Uh, I, I mean I'm I am biased. I am biased. Um, I I think the I don't know who's guarding James Palmer. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. place one to start. Don't know who's guarding James Palmer. Um, point two would be um, yeah they, uh, I mean. Yeah, there's a lot of different, a lot of, a lot of uh, intangibles one through five that I think are heavily uh, you know, tilted toward that team from from seventeen eighteen. Well, especially if team, but. Isaiah Roby figured out how good he was, then that would be the ultimate trump card. That that would um, that is a great reminder that we get to hear Stephen Bardo uh, for this game tomorrow night. But um, yeah, so Ro- Roby guarding Rink Mass. <laughs> Copeland, Copeland guarding, guarding Gary J- or Gary. Alec. Yeah. Yep. Um, Palmer guarding Bryce Williams. Palmer. Uh, yes. Still would take. Still would take Palmer there. That's Glenn, not that. That's not that crazy of a of a matchup though. Like that doesn't slant no, that hard. No, it's not. But. Glenn Glenn's chasing around Glenn's chasing around Tominaga probably right yeah Glenn's Glenn's chasing around Casey and then they had like Evan Taylor who I think started for that team and he was a really good defender too so like the guard and Anton Anton Gill off the bench Thomas Allen off the bench sometimes um you know I I think actually think most of that year Anton started and Evan came off the bench but yeah, I mean it's it's kind of it's, looking at it one through five. I, I would take the seventeen eighteen team, but like I said, I, I was a part of it, so I am a little bit biased. Uh, they also had um, <laughs> they also had Thomas Allen off the off the bench, and that guy was like just coming off the bench and uh, shooting threes. He was uh, he was not statistically their best three point shooter that year. Um, that actually he had some big ones though. Had yeah, some big ones. Had some big yeah. ones. Man, Evan Taylor. Evan Taylor shot 44% from three, only 36 attempts, but you know, so he was 16 of 36, but Evan Taylor shot 44% from three that year. Small sample yep, size. He didn't. Yep. Small sample size. He took, the, he took smart ones. He took smart ones when he took them. That's what this Miles always told him. You take, <laughs> you take smart ones. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. I, I, I didn't expect to go down this route either, but um, yeah, I, I mean, that's okay to say like maybe that team was a little bit better than this team. But the resume and, and, and what Nebraska has been able to accomplish this year um, already kind of speaks for itself. Okay, so on to basically what needs to happen next for them. I, I, I or I guess we'll go back before we go forward. Like, I, I thought that game against Illinois, um, I don't know if it cements anything. I don't know if it proves anything. But if it, if it does prove anything, it proves that it's possible for Nebraska to play well enough on the road to beat good teams. And that's a big step, whether that's like a real concrete thing that needs to happen or just something that was in the back of your head the entire time. And I like whether we're talking about the committee or just fans in their own mindset, like people notice that you, you, you get credit. There's a reason why you get credit in the metrics for losing on the road in overtime to a really good basketball team. That's it's, it's a big deal, whether it's, for the mentals or for actual like resume purposes. Oh yeah, no, it's a big deal all around, and I it's it's a you know gut punch, you know heartbreaking you know way for that game to end. But I mean, 
I don't think anyone expected it to go like that going in, looking at Illinois' personnel, looking at how Nebraska had looked on the road. I mean, there was a lot of different you know variables that just thought, yeah, this one's probably not going to go Nebraska's way. And it was quite the opposite. They were genuinely in it. They were, you know, they stormed back from down 10 or 7 or 10 with a couple of minutes left to force OT. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then it, you know, that just, that that's big for the their, their mental when it comes to the winning on the road thing. That was, de- that's definitely the toughest team they had left on the schedule. And looking at the rest of the road games too, I think that's by far the most rockiest, you know, true road environment they've got left as well. And they hung in there. And I think that is definitely, you know, I think I would think with, you know, how much, you know, bounce back, resiliency, fight, whatever you want to call it that we've seen from this team, I think I think it's portable for, uh, yeah. for the, the rest of the road games and, you know, just in general for the rest of the season. Well, I think, well, and, and I don't know, maybe we're past the point where, you know, everything ha- every single individual game has to matter so much because, like, the, still the takeaway is even if they lose tomorrow, um, if they take care of business down the stretch, that's an NCAA tournament team. While I, I'll, I'll say that I'll, at the same time as saying, Jacob, I think tomorrow is a really big deal for them. And once yeah. again, we're not talking about cement or glue or anything like that, but it just it feels like an important one for them to have in their back pocket from a resume perspective and also for how you feel going into the rest of February. And even for Big Ten tournament seating, too. I mean, the, that, the yes, Nebraska great point. And Nebraska and Northwestern are right there for the, for the last uh, double buy spot. Um, so, that you know, I mean, it's quite a, you know, it's a significant one tomorrow. And, you know, I've, I just said what I said about the atmosphere at Illinois, but, I mean, Welsh Ryan has become, that's a true home court advantage. Uh, ever since they renovated it and, you know, everything, it's all newer and shiny and people are into Northwestern basketball. They love them from Chris Collins. So it'll still be a tough atmosphere uh, tomorrow night as well. But, I mean, it's a huge game. It's a huge game. You know, if you could have two wins over Northwestern on your resume, I mean, they're Northwestern looking like a attorney team too. That would be That would be significant to get the road thing, the road thing off your back. That would be significant. And then, you know, down the stretch for possibly you know not being not playing until Friday in Minneapolis. It's there's a plenty of reasons why tomorrow night is quite significant. Hey, you want to talk about uh, good teams at home? Um, Northwestern's one loss at home this year. Not not Purdue. Um, you know not not Michigan State. Not Illinois. Not Ohio State. That's uh, Chicago State who beat Northwestern at that uh, House of Horrors for everyone else in the world except for Chicago State. Yep. No, I mean that's about the perfect summation of, of college basketball this season is they have, you know, wins over wins over Illinois, Purdue, Michigan State, but then they have that one blemish against Chicago State. I think that's a perfect perfect embodiment of this college basketball season just being utter chaos and you know, home court meaning a ton and it you know, the you know, we hear it on all these broadcasts now. Winning on the road is hard, but I mean, yeah, it's the perfect summation of, of this college basketball. Season. All right, uh, one more for you before we let you go, and it's it's regarding it's regarding Casey Tominaga, who I think we were probably I don't want to put you in a box, but like we were probably a little bit pessimistic about obviously what he had done in the stretch leading up to the other night, and there was reason to do so. He wasn't on the floor for a giant portion of their significant minutes and big wins. Um, 
And, you know, they'd found a way to do some things without Keisei Tomonaga on the floor. And then he goes off for a huge game the other night. What do we what do we sort of make of what he brings to the table right now, whether it's consistently or inconsistently? I, mean, I think we knew one of those games was still possible regardless of <laughs> regardless of the entire, you know, situation. And I you know, I what I've been trying to harp on people is that case games like that one, don't have to happen every night for Nebraska to win. Yes. And, you know, they still lost on Sunday. But, you know, just the what comes along with that, like the it becomes a balancing act. You know, when he's when he's on one and he's making, you know, those no no yes shots or even if he's making floaters and going to the rim or whatever, but no one else really has it like we saw on Sunday. Like that becomes like a tough, you know, becomes a tough thing and I know people are thinking well he basically carried them through all of February last year and I'm like well this is a different team like that team had you know that the offense toward the end of last season was find Kese and screen for him the offense you know they won't they hardly set screens for the man this year um, it's it's a different situation and obviously we know what Kese is capable of but uh, you know nights like that don't have to be, you know, plan A, you know, for, for this team and, you know, shouldn't be expected every night going forward, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a pretty good way to, I mean, even even when he was carrying through the carrying the team all the way through February last year, I'm still thinking to myself, yeah, I don't know, is this, is this totally sustainable? I mean, you could do, I mean, Nebraska basketball won, what, eight out of nine games in February of 2014, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just got really hot. I, I, I don't, I don't know what to make of any of this. So you could do something for a long period of time and also not have it be sustainable. Look at the people who, um, look at the people who like led the major leagues in home runs in 2020. It's a really funny list of people, but they were really good yep. for 60 games. So uh-huh. I like, I don't know. I, 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 I hate to make that comparison, but I just did. So it already happened. No, I mean it. You know it's. Consistent inconsistency and in Nebraska basketball go hand in hand, unfortunately. And you know it's uh, you know for people, you know, <laughs> I, I will say this: when it comes to Kase and Heaters, they are uh, bringing back the jerseys they wore all of February last year uh, for the next home game on Saturday against Michigan. So maybe that will be like his Green Lantern or his Iron Man suit, and maybe we're due for another nuclear game on Saturday. But you know, there's. A pretty big one tomorrow night first. All right, man. Uh, appreciate the time as always. Good chat, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yep, appreciate it, Hap. Thanks. Jacob Bigelow of uh, Huskers Illustrated and the Stretch Big Pod. Check out the pod. Of course, good thoughts uh, on there. The Major League Baseball leader in home runs in 2020 was Luke Voigt. Sure, sure. And, I mean, that was just a launching pad for him to power in this league. The major league leader in batting average. Oh, this one actually this one actually tracks. Uh DJ LeMahieu. Oh, okay. He had 364 over uh, 50 games that season. Let's see. Is there any other oddities in here? Uh who had the who had the best OPS that year? Oh, that also tracks Juan Soto. Okay. Bad analogy. Shows what you know. On base percentage. Also Juan Soto. 
He's a Yankee now. Yeah, he he is a pretty good baseball player too. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we'll take a quick timeout. A couple things to clean up before we get to the poll questions and tell you what to watch on 1620 The Zone. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 